This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lambert. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us today, and we hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Habits have a great potential for forming our life. Now, that can be both a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how intentional we are about our habits. Without putting much thought or attention into what we do habitually, our habits have a way of running our life. We can often go down paths that we never intended to and end up in places we never wanted to go. But the good news is, is that we all have the power and ability to take control of our habits and to form new ones. Now, this process isn't easy and it doesn't happen overnight. But the good news is that once you take control of your habits, you begin to take control of your day. You begin to live each day as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And the good news is about taking control of your day is that you take control of your life. Because the habits stack up to days and the days stack up to your life. And that's what it is. It seems really simple, but Ultimately, incorporating the right habits and learning how to build upon those habits are a little difficult. And that's why we're talking to Justin today about how to build the right daily habits so that we can live a lifestyle of daily growth. Justin Early has a Juris Doctorate from Georgetown University and is the creator of The Common Rule, a program of habits designed to form us in the love of God and neighbor. He's also a mergers and acquisitions lawyer in Richmond, Virginia. He previously spent several years in China as the founder and general editor of the Urbanity Project and as the director of Thought and Culture Shapers, a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving the community through arts. He and his wife, Lauren, have four sons and live in Richmond, Virginia. So the habit that we focus on specifically in this chapter is prayer. Now, prayer might seem like the simplest, but It's because it's the most foundational, and it gets talked about the most, but that doesn't mean that we understand it. I think the way Justin talks about prayer, and specifically using our words to join into the vocation of God of using His Word to create, is extremely powerful for what prayer actually is. When we take the moments, as he talks about, the three times a day to connect our words with God's Word, we not only learn to communicate with our Creator and Father, but we learn to dedicate our lives to the vocation for which He's called us. So real quick, I will read through um, the four daily habits, and you've got uh, kneeling prayer three times a day, one hour with your phone off, one meal with others, and uh, scripture before phone. So those are your daily habits. Um Let's talk about uh, the kneeling prayer three times a day, because um, I think some of the others are a little bit self-explanatory. I mean, we can get into those. What are you talking about when you say kneeling prayer three times a day? Do you really expect people to actually pray three times a day? I do. I do. Um, at least. <laughs> if, if, at least if they want to try the habit in the common rule. Here's what it looks like on a practical level. Um, morning, midday, and evening. There are these are the punctuated points of our day where we engage in a, a brief kneeling prayer. So that is that means like when I woke up this morning, um, I knelt 
and said a prayer before I went and did anything else, before I looked at my phone, before I went downstairs. There's a moment of rearranging. Well, I'll, I'll tell about why in a second. And then at work is a moment at some break in the day where, again, I kneel or if I'm unable or in a public place, I'll just turn my palms up on my lap. And then, and then again in the evening, either before bed or maybe after the kids go to bed. Now, there's two things happening here. One, on the physical level, it is obviously you're not more holy, spiritual, or um, attuned to God if you kneel. It is simply that often the way to get the tension of the mind or the heart is to go through the body. And I find that um, if I lay down in bed and try to say a prayer before I go to sleep, I end up just going to sleep or think about something else. But when I kneel beside my bed, my I pay attention and I actually talk to, to the creator of the universe for, for a moment. Same thing at work. It's awkward. It's weird. Try it, you know, tomorrow. Try kneeling. It, try closing your office door, going in a conference room or just hiding somewhere and kneeling and pray. You, you will realize that you're doing something radical. And that's kind of the point is to say, God is with us, present with us, even here at work. It, that is a radical fact. How do we address it and realize that we're in that moment and, and pray? And, and so the spiritual reality that I think I'm trying to address here is that it's everything that we've been talking about. If we don't frame our day in love for God and neighbor, then somebody else will frame it in something else. You know, we'll frame it in the busyness of morning or in the, you know, r- rush through work, try to get as much done as possible. We'll frame it in the all the ways that we sort of medicate or zone out in the evening. Punctuating our day with kneeling prayer, however brief. I mean, usually I, these are 30 second, maybe 60 second prayers. Is a way to just mark moments and, and sort of reclaim the rhythm of the day and say, God is here. God is present. He has a call for me to, to be here and, and, and do what I'm doing. Let me reconnect and, and a- ask him what it might be. It's a, it's a practice of the presence of God. And I'll give you a real quick, this, this is fascinating. This actually happened this morning. There's a lawyer um, who I used to work with, who I do not believe um, is a follower of Jesus, or at least I don't know. He emailed me and he said, I, 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 he heard a talk I gave about this in, a, in the lawyering context. And, and he said, you know what? I started trying some of your habits just because I wanted to try to manage the stress of lawyering. And he said in the email, he said, I wasn't going to do any sort of praying at work because to me, honestly, that just sounds silly. And then he said, yet I went back to it and I decided I'm going to try all these because I miss the feeling that God is actually real and at work in the world. So I don't even, I don't know this guy's background. He must've maybe had some background of faith, but I, I just, I looked at this email this morning and I stopped. I almost, I almost cried. Cause I said, my goodness, this is to a non-believer. The power of pausing to even experiment with prayer is to remind them that they actually long for the presence of God in the world. And we do too. And kneeling, kneeling to pray is that essential reminder. It is the reminder that God is actually active and working in the world. And we should enter that and try to bring that into our day. And to take that back to the way that our brains are wired with the way that we associate places, locations, physical positions, smells, and things like that with our habits, uh, kneeling is something that we, we rarely do in any other situation. Yes. And sitting in, your, in a chair with your palms up on your lap is something that is a position that we don't really take for many other reasons. And yes. so doing that kind of creates a sacred space inside your head where you associate that motion, that activity, that position, that location with that habit and with the God that you're meeting when you do that. 
Yes, yes. That's actually a great point and really true. People often associate the symbolism of it, which is also true. There's a humility to kneeling, a, a servitude to the posture, but there's also just mental cues that when you do it, your mind goes somewhere. And, that, and that's what we want. That's what we want our mind to be drawn to the God who loves us. And then it, it, it's also sort of like a, a, a metaphorical stand, since you're kneeling, um, of this space is going to be used for the presence of God. And so if you're in, if you're in the office, I, I imagine that is quite awkward. Um, again, I, I yeah, work in right. a place where at least that would be accepted of like, oh, okay, that he's praying is, you know, it, it might look weird, but he's praying and nobody would ever, uh, bat an eye about that. But like, if you are in an, in business environment or, you know, and you're definitely not in a Christian environment, you are really taking a stand about what you believe and why. And yes. Yeah, it, it's it's a. I think it's a great way of declaring a rhythm, and it's a great way of of even witnessing to the world around you. So you might not be putting a stamp on a contract in that um, in that situation, but you're affecting change, and and you're fulfilling your missionary uh, call to that environment, to that world. Yep, yep. I have actually had a lot of people who are in the the white collar world of, of offices say that this is one of the most meaningful habits because doing it makes them feel strange. And then they realize they are strange. They, they proclaim that a man named Jesus lived, died and rose again for them. And they start to lean into the identity of, Oh, maybe I am, maybe I should stand out here. Maybe I should be different. And that is, you know, going back, that's the beginning of realizing the missionary call. We are weird, but we're here to love. Let's lean into that. You, you also talk about in this chapter on prayer, and I think this is um, really helpful for getting into the nitty-gritty because uh, far too often there's at least a phobia around prayer in public because we often don't know what to say or you know, we, we're, we're afraid we're going to be judged. And so I thought the way you talked about prayer in the power of words was very helpful. Could you talk about the power of words and, and, and you connect it to the creation event of God speaking yeah. creation with our words and then our participation in that with the words that we pray each day. Right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's a, such a great question. You know, I'm a huge believer in the power of words, not only because that's the only thing that makes sense of my vocation so far. I, I write, I was a missionary, I'm a lawyer the only way that those kind of happen together for me is because they're, they're all professions of words. Um, you use words to create meaning. And, and that makes sense to me. Or I'm comforted that that's what God did to create. Um, he created by speaking words into the world. And he was redeeming the world by the word, Christ, the Logos. And so um, that's, you know, writ large. Words have, you know, enormous power. But it, there's also, writ small, there is actually a power um, rooted in that large power. There's a power in our own lives of just saying words. And here's where it gets important. For a long time, I felt I shouldn't or couldn't pray unless I meant it or had something original to say. And I think what I realized is that words are powerful. And if I want to work the love of God into my heart, maybe I should say a prayer, for example, that Jesus has written for me, the Lord's Prayer. And maybe even even if I feel rote about it, maybe that's not a problem. Maybe that means that I'm um, saying words and they'll, and they'll take hold of me anyway. 
And so I got a little less scared of saying pre-written prayers or saying liturgical prayers and actually started to lean on those. I mean, I say a lot of spontaneous prayers and just talk to the Lord. But it, it you know, particular moments throughout the day, I'll rely on a prayer that maybe John Calvin wrote or maybe that um, is just in the lectionary or that Tim Keller wrote or, or the Lord's Prayer. And I think that's just an acknowledgement that saying words out loud, um, your brain is listening. And you'll start to say, huh, what does that mean? Or, huh. And, and so I, you know, in the book, I say, say your prayers until your prayers say you. And that's just an acknowledgement of the formation of prayer, that as you say them, they actually form you back. And, it, and it's a really good call to recognize what we are saying. You, you know, you even talk about there's some dysfunctional prayers that we say that we need to really watch out for. Of, right. Uh, you know, and, and it comes down to a lot of like negative self-talk. And, and, and that's what you're saying. I love that. You know, even the Lord's Prayer, it's, it's been uh, one of my practices just to, yeah, just begin my prayers with that sometimes just because uh, we don't know what to pray or, you know, we feel particularly dry and not like it. And so it is a good way of, of just sort of uh, letting the Lord speak into us. <laughs> the next time you get a chance today, check out thecommonrule.org. You can find a link in the show notes. And there you'll find a description of the four daily habits and how you can incorporate each one of them into your daily life. And I would challenge you to choose one of those to practice today. And the great thing about the way Justin has structured his book, The Common Rule, is that you can actually read one chapter on each of the daily habits, and it takes about 15 minutes. So if you wanted to, and you're just trying to get a feel for what the habits are and how they will impact you, just choose one, read that chapter, and practice it that day. And then the following day, you can try the next one. So don't feel pressured to incorporate all four all at once. One of the best strategies for learning new habits is just to take them one at a time each day. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Oh,